Hello? Yes, hi. Can you hear me? Hi. Oh my gosh, finally. <laughs> yeah, it took us some time to connect together. All right, we got this down. Yeah. We're going to have to trim this part out, but whatever. Right. Hi, and welcome back to our podcast, The Christian by Jess. Hey, Zamira, how you doing? I'm good. How are you, Genesis? I am great. I'm great. So, so you ready for this? Here I am. Let's jump right in. All right. So as you can see by the title of this podcast, today we are going to talk about the fruit of the spirit. But as we know, there are many fruits of the spirit. So Genesis, how about you tell them which one are we working on? Today, our topic will be the fruit of the spirit, which is love. The, fir- the very first fruit. The very first one. Meaning, we got to get this down pat <laughs> before we move on to the others, right? Exactly. Without, you know, basically, without having love, you can't really achieve any of the, of the other fruits. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like a chain reaction, right? It, re- it really is. Basically, yeah, in a nutshell, it is. Right. Man, this is funny because this is actually our, our second time attempting love. Right? You know what? It definitely is. <laughs> yeah, I remember the first time we were in church and we were expected to each teach a little about the 10 minute lesson on a topic of our choice and of course our 13 and 14 year old selves we picked the topic of love and we were not ready for it were we no because back then we didn't know that we didn't know what all love encompassed right yeah that is an embarrassing moment <laughs> that I well, try just, to forget it just you know creates the opportunity to to know grow and learn more basically right because yeah, because yeah. love has a lot of components that we don't really that we don't even see it's not even surface it's so much deeper it really is we tend to think when someone says love, we tend to think the relationship type of love or the sibling type of love or the family type of love. But love love is more than that. Love is loving the people who you don't even know. Or having a heart filled with love is giving, it encompasses giving also and it's ultimately giving to people who need it but you may not know. It's mm-hmm. it encompasses a lot. It's a really wide subject, and sometimes we don't even hit the <laughs> we don't even hit it to the, you know hit the surface of it sometimes. Yeah, it's it's so much deeper just than surface things. We gotta that's I think what a lot of people slip up on because they think love is just a a type of hit it and quit it or type of, you know, just uh, one, one, one thing, but it's, 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 it's completely more. It's, it's so much more. Yeah, it is. So, like, when someone says love, what do you think of? What comes to your mind? 
Well, naturally, love, the first thing that pops in my mind is, you know, caring for someone or or showing or, you know, showing <laughs> a helping hand or, um, you know, not rendering evil for evil or, you know, that all the, the first thing that pops in your mind is, is surface things. Yeah. However... When we go deeper into the into the whole, you know, um, love or fruit and spirit thing, it's it's more it's more spiritual than just natural. Because when when we hear the word love, our minds go to natural things like you love your parents, you love your children, your brother, sister, your wife, husband, whatever. But once once we open or look into our <laughs> spiritual selves, we can think more of Okay, love. God's love towards us. The love that we should show to others. God's love that we should have in us that he gave us. The same love that he has towards his children, you know? Right. If Well, if someone was to ask me or if someone was to say the word love to me, what love, what would come to my mind is the act of selflessness. Right. Completely forgetting about yourself and focusing on someone else and the needs of someone else. Because like our pastor always says, people like to think about therefore no more. Right. Right? But if you have love one toward another, you wouldn't focus solely on your needs and solely on your wants. You'd be so selfless that you forget about anything and everything pertaining to you and just try your best to help out that one person. Exactly. Exactly. So love, love, I say it's it's an action word. Actually. It's very much an action word. Right. Um, love can be shown in different ways. It can be shown through giving your time or lending a listening ear or in a financial way, you see someone struggling to pay their rent and you have to pay your rent for that month. Have enough faith and have enough love for that person to lean solely on God and give them the money that they need to pay your, their rent, leaving you completely just out of money to pay yours, but knowing that you have faith in God and your hope is in God, solely in God, and that God is a provider then you have absolutely no problem with that. So that's 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 a really big step in love. But I'd say first, if you're just starting off, just then your time. Say you're you say you have plans for Saturday, but then you see someone who needs help and they ask you for help instead of saying, No, sorry, I planned this day. For me, I, just, I wanted to go out. I wanted to do this. I wanted to do that. Just say, you know what? I'm going to cancel everything. I'm going to drop everything. And I'm going to come help you. Right. Right. You know, because when it comes to love, there's certain, you know, levels or and types. So, you know, we, we know the four, the basic four types of love. There's Eros love. There's filial love. There's storage and there's agape, which is the love of God. Yeah. Right. Do you do you remember what what storage love was? 
I do not. <laughs> um, storage area love is the love between you know family, right? Brother and sister, or mother and children. That's the storage area. Right, and then agape is, of course, the love of God, which we all should have as Christians. Right, then this the Eros love, which is between man and his wife. Right. And the filial love is like, type, like a best friend type of love. Yeah, it's like the type of love that we have. Exactly. <laughs> when, it, when it comes to learning, <clears throat> so we can, we, our main focus is on the agape love. Right, love towards us. When when we think about that, we can. The Bible gives multiple, you know, examples or, um, uh, you know, references to God's love. You know, the one we always we know the most, or is, is, is John, thirteen thirty four, right? You no, know, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Yes. And then we also have many examples of God showing his amazing, tremendous love towards us. And one of the ones that we quote all the time is that St. John 3.16, for God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And I feel like people take that for granted sometimes. As you know, we both have watched the crucifixion of Jesus. I have never cried so much in my life. <laughs> it's like we take for granted our everyday life, but when you think about that scripture, Saint Saint John three sixteen, he was human. He came in the form of man. He was our perfect example. Yes, he was beat day and night, all day long, hung on the cross all day long for our sins so that we may not have to bear them so that we didn't have to go through that so that we didn't have to die for our own sins and by his blood our sins are covered by his blood and I for one I know not speaking for anyone else I sometimes take that for granted this walking down the street is a blessing this going through everyday life is a blessing all because God Loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son for us. He bled, he was whipped all night long, all day long for us. And that's that's the type of love that he wants us to show to other people. Right. Do you mind if I read this this passage real quick? No, no, go ahead. Alright, so we all know first Corinthians thirteenth chapter is the love chapter. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm it's funny because I actually have that up right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'll, I'll, be re- I'll, I'll, I'll be reading it in the New Living Translation. Right. So <clears throat> it says, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. And it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. Wow. Wow. That's powerful. <laughs> wow. Love will last forever. Wow. Like, not 
but the, the true love, the love that is unselfish <clears throat> right. and thinks of others and puts others above itself. You know what? You, you know what verse really stuck out to me. Which one? Verse five, when it says, "It is not irritable and keeps no record of being wrong." Oh, so you know, God. someone was to step on your foot, right? <laughs> love said, "Hey." You stepped on my foot, so I'm gonna punch you. In the- no, no. <laughs> love does. Love forgives. Love, love would be like, oh, it's okay, and just you know, go about his business. Right. But that's not what you know our 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 natural man does, or or that's our first instinct. In order to have this type of love, we have to be you know born again. And have the spirit of God in us in right. order to demonstrate this kind of love right. to others. Yeah, that's actually that's yeah, I like that verse also. But the one that sticks out to me was <clears throat> verse six actually. Um, I have it in the Amplified Classic. I do not have it in the NLT. Um, but it says in the Amplified, it does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. You know, yeah, that's a good one. Yes, you know, sometimes that's that's, that's hard because when it comes to life or when it comes to certain situations, when you're seeing, say, someone does something to you, say they steal from you, and then something bad happens to them, you know, like, and then you start thinking about, like, you stole from me, now you have nothing because someone else stole even more from you. And it's just like your first instinct to is to laugh. You know what? That's what you get. You shouldn't have did this to me. Then that wouldn't have happened to you. It's in it's rejoicing at the injustice that was done to someone else who had done injustice to you. But as a person who is supposed to love, that shouldn't be. Right. As a Christian, as a child of God, and as someone who is supposed to be God-like, as obviously says, we are little G gods. <laughs> um, we are. We shouldn't, we shouldn't rejoice when something bad happens to someone. No matter how much they've done wrong to you, never rejoice at something being done wrong to them. Because we've done God wrong on so many occasions. But whenever something's done wrong to us or we're going through something, God steps in. It may not be right away but you know that God is going to be there and he's going to step in he's not going to watch you suffer exactly and that's something we, we have to think about we have to keep at the forefront of our minds because you know you know our flesh that's something that we will want to do so like I'm using the example someone said you um you steal from them right right our and then we hear that something bad happens. The first thing we say, oh, that's that's karma. That's right. With... No, but we don't rejoice at the wrong. We don't praise the wrong that's been done to someone else because they've done wrong to you. That's not what love does. That's not the definition of what love is because love is love, love is warm. Love, you know, embraces you. It makes you feel whole it welcomes you it doesn't make you feel you know eerie or sad or depressed it love takes all that true true love takes all of that away 
Right. And ultimately, when even in our everyday life, and we we may go through life thinking, well, what you should think is, you know what? How will God respond to this situation? How will God show love in the midst of turmoil, in the midst of trouble? How will God show love in the midst of someone doing wrong to him? You yeah. just you just have to think about that. You answer those questions in your mind. Think about it and then analyze the situation or analyze the situation that happened prior to you just sitting down and over and thinking over your day and just ask yourself, did I handle that with love? Mm. Or did I fail that test? Right. That's a that's a lot of things we fail to consider. That these these things or obstacles that come our way. We don't think about them as tests. We just think about them, oh, as these are just little inconveniences. Nope. Our love is being tested. Right. Now, can I ask ask you to read um, that passage in your Amplified Classic version? No problem. Sure. Okay, so as we were talking about 1 Corinthians 13, uh, she actually read 4 through 8. Um, So I'm going to read an Amplified Classic version. Um, It says, love endures long and is patient and kind. Love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy. It is not boastful or vainglorious. It does not display itself haughty. It is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. It is not rude, unmannerly, and does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love. Let me repeat that because that's powerful. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way. For it is not self-seeking, it is not touching or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes. It's ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are favors under all circumstances, and it endures everything without weakening. Love never fails, never fades out, or becomes obsolete, or comes to an end. Wow. Right. I love how this... This passage reads in verse 5, actually, the first, the ending of line 2, love, God's love in us. Yeah, and as we were actually just talking about that, how God's love should be showing through us and it should be in us, in us. And, and then it goes on to say it does not insist on its own rights or its own way. And ultimately, we can be stubborn at times. We can insist on things going our way and going things going the way that we want it to go, and specifically according to our plan. But being a child of God, you can plan all you want, but God can have a totally different plan for us. Exactly. That's what people fail to realize. Right. Just because it's a good idea does not mean it's a God idea. A God idea. Exactly. exactly. 
because um, that's actually something I've had to come to terms with. Terms with, even though I am only sixteen, we as teenagers tend teenagers tend to try to plan out our lives. For instance, um, it was just last year where I had figured this out, and I remember just sitting down one day. We were actually in English class, and it was towards the end of the period. We had finished all of our work, and we were just having a conversation. And I wasn't engaging in it. I was more so in my thoughts. But the thought had came to me was, you are planning out your entire future in your mind and in your in on paper. Because I remember we were uh, told to write a list of goals that we wanted to reach, and that we reached them, check them off, right? Right. Um, but as I was thinking, the thing, the, what had came to me was you, you're planning out your entire future, but you forget you have no control over your life. God does. Right. And that actually, that, that, that has stuck with me ever since that day. And it made me think, it's like, I plan to be an architectural designer. I plan to go to college. I plan to go to community for two years and then go to Drexel for my last two years. I plan to intern at one of the biggest law firms in Philadelphia. I mean, one of the biggest architectural designing firms in Philadelphia. I plan on being, I plan on being successful by the age of like 22, which is really young. But then you don't think that you know what that may not be what God has for me right that's so true right so this this that was just an example of like insisting on things going my way I insisted for my future to go according to this plan solely according to this plan nothing getting in my way no barriers no, no one, not a person, not a soul, absolutely no one. But then it's like you're insisting on your own way. You're insisting on your own rights. But in actual reality, I have no rights. I belong to God. I was both with the price. <laughs> yes, this is not my temple. My temple belongs to God. It loan to me for the time being it is <laughs> so yeah yeah that that was just one example of insisting on my own way and insisting on my own rights and in reality I have none I have absolutely no rights my master <laughs> is Jesus I answer to Jesus and solely Jesus and of course since I'm only 16 I answer to my parents and a couple other <laughs> other people <laughs> Well, I appreciate your testimony. Now, now, real quick, I want to focus on. I believe it was, um, basic, basically one, four through um five. I wanted to look at what these words mean. Okay. So the first, first four: love endures long in the space of time. Love never is envious. Or both over with jealousy. It's not boastful or vainglorious. It's not split itself haughtily. Now let's look at this first word, envious, right? So right. the definition of envious is feeling or showing envy. And envy <coughs> is 
otherwise known as jealousy. Now, Correct. now, why, why do you, why do you think it is we we can't be jealous of other people and show love? Well, the first thing, the first thought that comes to my mind when thinking of that, just that part of the scripture, we tend to be, we tend to want with other what other people has, but we don't want to do the work. And in being jealous of someone, that jealousy can sometimes turn to hate because. Like you said, you're envious of that person. You want what that person has. And God, it may not be what God wants you to have. Right. And then since you are you are unable to get it or you don't have it, that jealousy eventually turns to hate and it turns to dislike. And then you can say you're talking to that person and just you're being rude and you're being mean all because they have something that you want. But then you got to think about it. It may not be what God wants you to have. God may have something greater for you. But being jealous of someone is not showing love. Because jealousy isn't even close to love. It's closer to hate than it is to love. Because I know I have come I have come to a point where I've been jealous of someone and then you just, just looking at them just makes you just have a dislike of them, just makes you hate them almost. But having, but what I grown to realize is even though that person has something that you want, ask them, how, you know, how did you get this? How did you get there? Because I want to get there. Admire them and admire their work and admire what God is doing with them instead of being jealous of them, ask them, you know what, you've been in church a lot longer than me, you've been in Christ a lot longer than me, and you've been saved a lot longer than me. Tell me, how did you get here? How did you get to that place? How did you get this certain thing? Right, or you can see them as a type of example. It's a pattern. Exactly. Instead of yes. envying and being jealous about what they have and the life that they live. Right. You know, the, you know the, um, the phrase, everybody want to be famous, but nobody want to but don't no one want to put the work in, and that's, that's right. Extremely true. Okay. Oh, that's so true. <laughs> All right. Looking at the the next one. Next word is is um boastful. To be boastful is to show excessive pride and self satisfaction in one's own achievements, possessions, or abilities. And a lot of people these days are boastful. Man, are they boastful. Oh, yes. Especially since we have so many forms of social media. We have Facebook. We have Instagram. We have Twitter. We have Tumblr. Mm-hmm. We have Pinterest. <laughs> we have YouTube. Oh, my goodness. YouTube. And on all these, on all these social media platforms, they're basically showing, you know, their... What the definition said, their their achievements, possessions, abilities. Right. And but I mean, I understand to want to show people where you've gotten to, but not to boast in yourself, like the scripture says. We do not boast of ourselves, but and we boast in the Lord. Right. We show we show what the Lord has done for us. We show how God's brought us this far and what he's done for us in each and every one of our lives. Right. Because um, when 
when I, I when I'm on Instagram and I see people, especially celebrities and things like that, and people like that, posting the fact that they have like ten cars or they have a house in almost every state, it's like, but there was a struggle before you got there, and the only reason why you're still there and the only reason why you got through that struggle was by the grace of God. Yes. You're not there because of your talent. And if you are, it's because God gave you that talent. So even some Christian audiences, they boast in their own glory, like, yes, I made this song, or yes, I have this talent, I'm going to show it. I have this money and I'm going to use it. I'm going to spend it whatever way I want to. But then they forget that God gave me these opportunities. God is the one person who opened the doors for me to have these opportunities. Not me. I didn't do this because if you did, now since I tell you, you would not be where you are because we make mistakes and we are human and we make wrong choices sometimes. Mm -hmm. And Sometimes we can't clean them up on our own. So I'd say, like, boasting in yourself is is the worst thing you can do. It's very unwise of you. Yeah, just like the scripture says, you have to be careful, you know, how people exalt themselves. Because if you exalt yourself, you will be brought down. Right. So you got you have to you have to be very careful with that. All right. Extremely careful with that. Because sometimes you do it without noticing. But I've made it a habit to be like, when somebody says, oh, you did a good job. No, God did a good job. <laughs> God did that. Because I had no idea how I was going to do this until I got up there and the words just started flowing through my mouth. Or until I got there and my hands just started moving. It's God who allowed me to be able to do this. Because it was me it would have been messed up <laughs> really bad. Right. Now, now looking at, you know, all right, looking at the fifth verse, it is not conceited, arrogant, and inferior with pride. Conceited means excessively proud of oneself in vain. And arrogant is having a sense of revealing an exaggerated sense of one's own ex- importance or abilities. Now, these two things... These are going to be dangerous traits to have, especially trying to get to know God. Because if you're conceited, <laughs> man, no one can tell you anything, oh, and that's man. that's that's dangerous. Because you need to you need to have a place or an area for you to hear God's voice. And if you're conceited, all you hear is yourself. You won't be able to hear God's voice because your voice is so big. <laughs> you don't have any room for right. anyone else's. <laughs> Right. And and then even in being conceited, it it allows it when you're conceited, <laughs> you you will fall. You will. You will. There will come a time where you will think so highly of yourself that you do something very stupid, and it could cost you your life. It could cost you your career. It could cost you your family. It could cost you your friends, all because you were conceited. Exactly. You have to be very careful. I mean, you can, uh, not saying that you can't be proud of yourself in some areas because, you know, you should be proud of the, what you've overcome, but still 
You only got there by the grace of God. Amen. So, yeah. So I'm glad you came to to listen to our Christian Digest. This is t- toward the end of our podcast. Please tune in next week so we can continue our series on the fruits of the spirit, where we'll be talking about yeah. joy next week. Signing off. This is Genesis. This is Amira. And have a blessed. See you next week. Yes. God bless. Bye.